I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sarah Michelle Gallo, Buffy the It's true. Chris and I have been watching the same show for the last decade plus. Uh, we just see it through different lenses. And that's what's so beautiful, right? Our experiences are so different. And honestly, I want everyone at home because I've gotten many notes on shortcomings mm-hmm. that I mean and too aggressive <laughs> and don't allow other people to have their opinions. So I'm telling everyone now, keep it to yourselves. <laughs> if... <laughs> If you like Logan, that's okay. I want Logan for all of you. Like, that's the thing about being Team Jess. You can really sit in your truth and happiness. Like, you're not... Team Jess, we're not over here trying to convince Mm -hmm. everyone to come to our side. I feel there's a desperation from Team Logans and Deans of, like, see how right we are. It's like, guys... I don't need anyone to agree with me. I just wish people would stop bashing Logan. Right? That's all I want. Like, we don't have to tear him down to build Jess up. But see, that's the thing. That's the only way for people to, like, prove their point with Logan. They're always like, well, Jess did this. It's like, yeah, because you have no points of your own. Okay. Agree to disagree. We're going to... We we, we have to move on. We need to move on. We're moving on. We've got some questions. (laughs) Uh, This first question comes from friend of the show, Becky Abrams. Let's see what Becky had to say. Hi, it's 
me, your, your very good friend, Becky Abrams. And these are the questions that I have for the beautiful hosts about Gilmore Girls. Number one, it's a multi-part question. Um, what do you think each of Rory's boyfriends brought out in her? And was any of it good? And like, what would you imagine a, a better boyfriend could have brought out in her? Like, she has some redeeming qualities, or at least used to before everything went crazy. And I'm just wondering, like, what we're thinking about how Rory is affected by the men in her life. And that's a very open-ended question. So more specifically, what's Rory's dream boyfriend that you would invent? Now, to ask another question that sort of broadens this and doesn't just have to do with boys. Who do you think in the show, like worldwide in the show, brought out things about Rory that were kind of surprising? You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like Miss Patty ever brought out Rory's like Broadway side? Do you feel like um, Taylor brought out Rory's naturally sour side? I don't know. You let me know. And thanks so much for fielding my questions. And I hope you have a wonderful show. So I had to play this. I know we're trying to get away from the boys, but to your point earlier, they always want to pretend like the show is no, more than the boys. let's get into it. Let's get right back into it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the amount of people that want to talk about the boys, like, I, these I are the questions like people question. want to talk about. Yeah. So I would say in terms of the, the it was quite a long question. So let's mm -hmm, see if mm -hmm. I can remember it all. Yeah. And as we go through, we'll chat about it. Yeah. What did each boyfriend bring out of Rory? I think with, dean he brought her into a sense of fun like rory mm -hmm. was so stoic and only interested in school and i think she, he taps into the part of i think rory that is more like lorelei when they yeah. start like when you notice in the original part of the show lorelei's always talking and rory's very the straight man but mm -hmm. then she takes the Ror the lorelei position when with dean in terms mm. of making jokes and opening up with Jess, I think he opens up her more critical mind mm -hmm. and questioning, well, Stars Hollow doesn't have to be all you see. You, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's very important that the first time we see Rory outside of the kind of world that the show is contained to is with Jess mm -hmm. when she goes to New York. Yeah. Then with Logan, for all of my hatred of him, I'll say he does open her up to sexuality. To sexuality, and I would also say to, like, Logan gives her permission to enjoy things that i think lorelei made her think she wasn't supposed to like or couldn't like and i'm not saying that's good or bad but i think like tiaras and penthouses well, with suits of armor because i mean like good bad or otherwise like you know it is a world that she had access to right i do think that like whether it's a good world to be a part of or not she actually explored things with her grandparents in a different way you know what i mean like yeah, and I would say that there's a world in which, right, if you consider Logan and Tristan as kind of analogous mm -hmm. to each other, yes. that Tristan was never going to be an option for Rory mm. while living with Lorelai. Exactly. So exactly. The, the ability to choose someone who, of a higher social caste, whatever, if and more money and privilege yeah. comes with an, un an unburdened Rory, not yeah. having to worry about how Lorelai would feel about it. Now, right. I think the second part of the question was about, mm -hmm. like, who we would like to see her with. And then I just want to, let's, let's just dreamcast. Who do we think yeah. would be a good part? Like, what actor would we drop into Stars Hollow to date Rory? I mean, obviously, she went with Vincent Carthizer, and I don't want to see him in. 
I don't. Solo. No, thank you. I don't. I don't need that in my Star Solo. I feel like, to be honest, something they never did. They did this with Paris and not Rory, which was kind of fun. But I always imagine Rory being with someone a little bit older. Well, the hot professor. I do not claim season seven, but I do love the hot professor in season seven, who right? she has kind of a crush on. Hmm. And we never really went there. And so I'm, I'm thinking if I were gonna like Michael give her- Keaton. Wow. I'm kidding. That's just my personal crush. And Rory doesn't need to have everything I want. I don't need that for her, but now I can't stop thinking about it. John Slattery. <laughs> that's maybe, maybe we're going a little too far away, you know, but that's the vibe. Something like that. Probably somebody that dated Carrie on Sex and the City, to be honest. Yeah. Love <laughs> to see her with like J- Aiden just roll through. John <laughs> Corbett. Oh my God. That would be such a weird dinner the first time Lorelai met whatever character John Corbett was playing. I don't know. So Rory, let's see. She's about, th- she's probably what, 30. How long has it been since so she's in her like 37 now? Yeah, she's probably around my age, which is like 35, so like somewhere around there. So who would be like, who's an actor of that age who would be like a fun person for her to hang out with? I'm struggling to even think of an actor of that age. I know. I'm trying to think. But you want someone with a kind of fun intellectual energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some reason I'm landing on Laura Dern. You know what? I've I've been often on the side that we should have seen Rory with a woman. So I'm here for it. Or honestly, let's just have Rory and Paris be together. I mean, somebody DM'd us uh, our account today and, and they got me excited about the idea of Lane in Paris in a way that I had never been excited about anything before. Well, you know who I ship is Lane and Jess, actually. For, I'm sorry, oh. not Lane and Jess, Paris and Jess. Oh, interesting. From that one episode where they are eating the food and kind of debating. There's something about talking with someone who could push Jess. Oh, I would be very into a Paris and Jess situation. Did you see Rory with a Tom Hiddleston? That would be hilarious, actually. Like, why not? (laughs) Yeah, like, let's let Rory go through every man Taylor Swift ever dated. Yeah, I'd love to see her just roll through. I mean... She could not write a song as good as All Too Well, but let's no. see her try. Let's see her try. Love to see Rory shift into a singer-songwriter mold. All right, so let's see Rory take uh, Taylor Swift's recyclables and see what she does Absolutely. with them. All right, we got a couple more questions uh, coming at us. These are, friend of the show, Kevin Hines, had some questions in addition to his thoughts about her OTP. Here are Kevin's questions. <laughs> Will they just be about Rory's dating life? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Hi, Chris. This is Kevin Hines. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions. First off, I want you to name the top three most essential supporting cast members of Gilmore Girls. So uh, when I say essential, I don't mean favorite cast members or funniest cast members, but the ones that you think are the most important to Gilmore Girls feeling like Gilmore Girls. So when I say supporting cast, I'm going to eliminate, obviously, the Gilmore Girls and any of their significant love interests. So no Luke, no Jess, no no Dean, no Logan, uh, no uh, Richard Gilmore. Uh, I'm also eliminating Paris and Suki from consideration, just to be arbitrary. So the name, the top three most essential supporting cast members outside that category. I know who I think it is, but I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, my second question is, name the uh, top three worst things Lorelai did. Now, Rory does lots of things I don't like, uh, particularly in the Yale years. But Lorelai picks and chooses her moments to be terrible, uh, and they're big. 
So I'm curious what you would say the top three things that Lorelai did that are awful. Uh, thank you for doing a podcast about uh, a great show like the Gilmore Girls. Bye. <laughs> well, I just wow. want to say I love his voice. He's got a great voice. Great voice. All right. So those are two huge questions. I mean, he knocked out. I was like, well, I've I was like ready to go. I was like, obviously, the top three supporting players are. And yeah. he knocked them all out. So do you have a top three? I mean, Without? obviously, I think in terms of, right, the vibe of Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls, the town is so important. So right. ascribing to that, I think you got to have well, you got to have Kirk. Mm, OK, Kirk is, I think, the most. Quintessential representative of what Stars Hollow is and its wackiness. OK. And then I would say if the other part of what makes Gilmore Girls what it is, is the familial relationship of the Gilmores. But we're knocking out Richard and Emily. Yeah. And I got to go with Gran. Mm, Short run, iconic, great yeah. stuff. Then if you go Rory's educational life, which is this. Yeah. Then I'm going to hit it, hit you with. A combined character, because I don't think they work. They're the, you know, fucking Gildan, Stern, and whatever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Madeline and Louise. Oh, wow. Okay. Fascinating. So that's how I would kind of divvy it up as the three elements of Gilmore Girls. Stars Hollow, Familial Life, Rory's Education. Okay. So to me, I, I have a similar breakdown. I think Stars Hollow, like, is such a huge part of the world. My favorite, I would say, is probably, I would go with the better Patty, but I think most important is actually Taylor for what he, because there's so many storylines that like. Oh, I love Taylor. Yeah, he creates so much conflict. So like, I want to say Babette or Miss Patty, but I'm going to say Taylor's most important. And I should add that I'm knocking out Michelle because he's in the opening credits. Yes, I agree. I also told myself Michelle was off limits. So I thought of Michelle, but I'm not including him because he's in the opening credits. And I feel like he has the same weight as Suki. Yes, I agree. Agree for the same reasons. So Taylor's my representative of Star Solo. For the family, I'm going to say, and this is not like one character, but it also Miss kind Selene. of is. No, I'm going to say the maid, whoever is currently working oh, that, in the okay, Gilmore that house. Was, that is who right? I, we are so in sync on this. We, we, we may not mm-hmm. be on that human <laughs> trash dump Logan. However, yeah, because I, I was like, well, I want to pick the maid, but that's not mm-hmm. a character and there's not one maid I could point to other than I guess Berta. Berta but there's like, just, there's always a maid. I, but the concept of the maid. The concept of the maid and what it tells us about that world and particularly about Emily is just so important. And then, to me, I guess the third environment would be some like the Kims are so important to me, but I don't think that they ever got the respect they deserved fully on the show. So, like, could the show exist without them? Yes. Do I want it to exist without them? No. Somebody slid into our DMs pitching that the real reboot everybody should be begging for is a Gilmore Girls focused on Lane and being a mom. And getting to see, like, Gilmore Girls again, but it's all really this time focused on them. And I'm obsessed with that idea. So you would choose Mrs. Kim? I think so. That's great. Can can I point out two Mrs. Kim moments? I Because I'm now in, like, a rewatch. I love the fact that in the episode where Lane gets engaged, 
Mm-hmm. So the, or I'm sorry, the episode after, right? Zach comes in and proposes at Luke's diner. The next mm-hmm. episode, Dave has to, Jesus Christ, I really want it to be Dave. Zach, he really wanted to be Dave. <laughs> he has to convince <laughs> Mrs. Kim to allow him mm-hmm. to propose. So he has to write that song. And so Lane's actual engagement in front of her mother, there's a, the moment where he proposes, Mrs. Mm. Kim actually pulls out a ring and is the one who puts it on Lane's finger instead of Zach. And I think, yep. like, talk about just so representative of this show about mothers. Yes. And daughters. And then I love, I do not like a lot about season seven. And I think the episode is actually really bad. But the essential idea where Lane asks Rory, will you be my Lorelai Gilmore? I think it's so sweet. Like, I yeah. understand that I might have a crazy relationship with my mom and your mom was so important to helping me navigate that. I need you to be that for my kids. I think it's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there's so, in rewatches especially, there's so much in the Lane and her mother's story that like just brings so much more like depth to other storylines when you get to see him juxtaposed. And if you want a boost of serotonin, watch Mrs. Kim when in the end of season five, when she's forcing Lane to go on the road. Oh my God. And also another moment that I'd forgotten is when Zach and Mrs. Kim bond over how they both think Lane looks better with her glasses. And then they start looking at the childhood photos is, is oh. such an adorable <laughs> moment. I love it. It's so cute. Mrs. Kim is a great choice. I love Mrs. Kim. So Mrs. Kim, the maid and <laughs> Taylor for me. The con. So one of yours is, just a simple concept mm-hmm. yeah now three times that you think lorelei was awful <sighs> i mean there's we got some choices <laughs> okay as much as i dislike max medina i don't think it's great to just leave in the middle of the night and not inform your fiance that you're not getting me like that's yeah. not great yeah yeah i also think that she is routinely really rude to Lor- to emily when mm. it's unnecessary so when, when emily and lorelei go to the spa yeah. I think she's just unnecessarily rude to Emily. It's like Emily's actually really trying to connect with you and it yeah. takes Lorelai so long to recognize it and it's really frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. Um and then I guess the third would be well well, I liked when she was being the Logan. That was really fun. I don't know. Has she ever done anything? I, I don't blame her for sleeping with Christopher. So No. I think for her that was a breakup. God, can I not think of a, you know, she shoes people away at one point out of the gazebo just so she can stand there. And it's really rude. That is really rude. I will also say I understand her disappointment, but I don't like how her initial reaction to finding out Rory slept with Dean. Like, I get it. Your daughter lost her virginity to a married man, but it's, I don't know. It feels weird to me. But I also think you have to think that she's supposed to also be helping her mother. True. Supposed to be, she's supposed to be at the end, like doing, like, it's not like she just came home and Rory had been at home. It's not like the initial moment. It's like, it takes her a second. She gets there, but like, I don't know. But then I think if Rory hadn't doubled down and been so like, yeah, there's nothing. I I, yeah. I think what makes it, it's it's the problem there is she's initially shocked and yes. like, wait, you're sleeping with a married guy. But then it's more Rory's like, complete moral ambivalence about it which is i think genuinely shocking to lorelei yeah and i will also say that and i hate this rory i don't know if it's the writing or rory she makes a false analogy she says well you slept with dad when he was with sherry and the truth of the matter is is that christopher and sherry weren't together when they slept together no. at at suki's wedding 
he yeah. goes back to Sherry after that. So yeah. Rory is trash in that scene. I think Rory's trash in the scene. And I think Rory's wrong. There just always felt like there was like Lorelai leapt to judgment instead of concern, which always felt weird to me. She definitely came in hot, but I will say in terms of her judgment, remember there's that really odd, but I think true moment of motherhood when mm-hmm. she hears that Paris has lost her virginity and says, I have the good kid. Yes. And I think that, yes, we <laughs> want Lorelai to be this cool mom, but she but is she's... still a mom who really does kind of signal and view her daughter's virginity as a kind of yep. thing that needs to be protected. She's not that, she's not as evolved as I think we would want her to be, or even she oh, thinks of herself as. I don't think she's that evolved at all. I think she's in an yeah. arrested state of development, and I think that comes through a lot in her discomfort in Rory's like love life and i get it it's awkward and she tries but there's just like these weird undertones throughout what do you think about the moment when lorelei walks in on rory and logan about to have sex at the wedding and she's like my god rory it's your grandparents wedding now i'm with her okay i'm with her and like this is a perfect example though of like i feel like the way she handles that situation i'm on her side more because she's like rolling her eyes and like calling it out but also her first inclination beyond that is like now i'm gonna get you safely out of here and i'm gonna de-escalate i'm gonna like i don't know like that to me feels in line with her character and truthful to the character and i'm on board for it and i like that to me rings better i i don't i agree with yeah. you that i love when lorelei is like puts away the fun mom i'm your best yeah. friend and becomes like a more traditional parent totally which she's not very good at it's like that side of her is in there yeah yeah i guess there are moments where she's just being emily too which makes sense yeah i guess that's maybe wow i'm just recognizing that her reaction to dean is kind of an emily reaction and that's oh, absolutely she learned it from yeah and same when she has her original thought process on jess is very like mm-hmm. stay away from oh, this very. guy because i said so yep yep and yeah. it's not until Emily says, oh, you're right, that she's like, oh, yeah. wait, I don't want to be like this. I I have questions about how Lorelai treats Michelle. I know he's kind of a jerk sometimes, but I don't always love their relationship. And I think she could have been a better friend. Yes, absolutely. I think she's a terrible boss. Mm-hmm, <laughs> she's, mm-hmm. When she's hungover after Wayne's wedding and is screaming at the guy because he's trying to cook it's like well why don't you take Mm -hmm. this conversation out of the kitchen yeah yeah 100 Um, one of my favorite parts of the revival though is that by the absence of suki they bump Mm -hmm. up the they elevate uh, michelle and their friendship in the revival is so sweet and one of my favorite scenes is when they go to the speakeasy and and she's so clearly affected about the idea that he's going to leave yeah um and I think for a, not to bring it to in just like that, that was to me the clear model I really wanted of yes. like seeing Stanford and Carrie. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. Willie Garson tragically passed away. Yeah. But I really want, I was hoping that we, it was like, okay, Samantha's gone. Yeah. We're now going to see more Stanford yeah. and have him elevated in this space in the way Michelle was. And I think you're right. It's having seen that in a year in the life when i rewatched the earlier seasons that makes me sad for some of the episodes where she's not nice to him because it's like we missed out on some stuff well they just had to tell a difference she had another buddy yeah. she had another buddy and it works sometimes it's playful but i was like it feels no like a sometimes bit, she is just downright it's just rude mean it's just mean in a way that's like 
why why do we have to just be straight up mean (laughs) all right we have a few more voice memos that i just want to share this one i have to share because it comes from a person with the name of a character this one comes from a woman named paris mccarthy friend of the show let's see what paris has to say Okay, so here's my question for you. Do you think they did Luke dirty when they all of a sudden made him not interested in marrying Lorelai when April showed up? Because it just didn't make any sense. Like, Luke gets a daughter, and instead of going to the one person who's the most best with daughters, yes, I said most best, um... He just ghosts her, becomes really weird, starts not telling the truth. I mean, it just seemed like really out of character. Did they do Luke dirty? Did they jump the shark when they introduced April? I think originally watching it, I absolutely would have said it feels like Luke has been like invasion of the body snatched. (laughs) Okay. However, upon many rewatches, to me, it feels completely in line with this kind of man who's incapable of flexibility Mm -hmm. like i think luke is one of the in this show that is like really about women and it should be luke is i think a great example of a complicated good man yeah where he has trouble expressing his feelings he try he doesn't go to therapy but he's willing to read self-help books to Mm -hmm. get him to be able to ask and then he just but he is someone who to me comes off completely as a person who lives in their head. And yeah. that's his attraction to Lorelai, someone who keeps nothing in her head and says and is very verbal. So yeah. it tracks to me that he would get this really earth-shattering bit of news. Yeah. And it would take him time to process not only how to adjust and think about how to integrate April into his life, but also I've been a father, I've been a bad father, but I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I mean, it suffers a bit because the show isn't about Luke, so there's Mm -hmm. never a scene in which he talks through his feelings. Mm -hmm. So we more get to see him as the agent of, like, what Lorelai can't have. But if you really think about it from his perspective, trying to mitigate and discover, like, becoming a father to a 13-year-old girl at his age is a little bit more important than getting married. It, yeah. It is. No, it's I just we you. want the wedding. Yeah. I think it it hurts to watch because you've been rooting for them, but it, I think it makes perfect sense. I'm with you. Um, awesome. All right. We, the next question comes to us from front of the show, Sarah Chase. I hope it's not about Roy's love life. Hello, fellow Gilmore Girl stands. Um, I have many questions for you guys. Just off the top of my head, my first one for you stands is... As a Connecticutian, where do you think Stars Hollow is? Obviously, Amy Sherman Palladino said it was fashioned after Washington Depot, Connecticut, which is in the northwest corner of Connecticut. But it has to be 20 minutes from Hartford, 20 minutes from Yale. So you do the math. My second question is, why wasn't Luke at Suki's wedding? The whole town was there, even Kirk. But Luke wasn't? I'm done. All right. Two important questions. <laughs> well, I think we know where Stars Hollow is. It's on the back lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fictitious... This is not a... This is an alternate universe. It can't yeah, possibly like, be the world we know. Yeah, it's like, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I always was waiting for them to crane up and just, like, see the Hollywood sign. It's like Absolutely. we're not getting... Mm-mm. Not getting any kind of sense of reality, time, or space. No. And then I think there is enough... 
language in the show that justifies Luke doesn't go to big town things. It does. This is the... And he has no one to drag him. It's not like he and Suki are very close. And this is like a big problem, I think, in the show in general. Yeah. You never get a sense of like, there's a sense that the everyone knows everyone yeah but not a sense of when everyone arrived in stars hollow luke grew up there but did suki mm-hmm. so how long have they known each other we know suki left yeah miss patty both seems like she's from there but also we know she had this long career that took her away right. but she is aware of like everyone's like oh yeah i knew your dad honey it's like you can't really figure it out and it almost seems like luke in terms of living there the longest would be more connected to someone like patty or babette and he mm-hmm. is often at things that are important to them yeah like it he goes to babette's cat's funeral but he's not close to suki until he starts dating lorelei so uh, he's at suki's second wedding i promise it is interesting though when you bring that up because it is it does beg questions like for as long as lorelei and luke have known each other it's fascinating like when she finds out about his dark day that she had never noticed it before but the rest of the town does or like you know the fact that he like April is 13, I think, when she gets introduced. And the fact that he did that Lorelai was unaware that he had been dating someone, but she would have already been in that town. And yet she had no reference point for that. Like, there's so many things. Right. So there's a huge, it doesn't make any, right? She moves there when Rory is, I think, one. One. Yeah. And if April's 13, then, and by that point, I believe in the show, Rory is 22 one because we see her 21st yeah. birthday so he should so have been dating just, her and we it's but weird. she also didn't know rachel right which is also weird so it also presumes that like well when did you start going to luke's but then i think in that episode when they go on their first date she says like oh from eight years ago and it's like so wait we've you've only been going to maybe luke's didn't exist but we also don't know when luke's dad died that's, a tr- that's true we don't know when luke's dad died so it's like it's very amorphous and yeah I don't think Amy Sherman Palladino will ever sit down and write like a show Bible for us all to read, but I would love to get at it. I would devour it because I do have a lot of questions. It does feel, yeah, it is interesting. I would like a a, a total head count of exactly how many people were at Suki's wedding though. Everyone (laughs) except Luke. Right? Was it just Luke? Like, I mean, Richard and Emily were there. Everybody was on the call sheet that day. Like, that's what starts to feel weird to me. Just popped in. Like, that starts to feel insane to me. You know, like one of my favorite episodes, though. I can't get started. Yeah. Um, This is less of a question and more of just a hot take from Uh a friend of the show, Erin Fenton. She, this is, she's coming in hot with this one. Hello, we stan. Um, I'm writing in with a spicy alternate universe take. Okay. So there were a couple of instances in the series where Rory said some kind of weird stuff about Luke. I'm thinking specifically, I don't know. I've always thought about maybe the line delivery when they're having that conversation about like Lorelai has a dream about Luke and Rory's like, was he naked? And that kind of led me to theorize that maybe she might have had a little bit of a crush on Luke. And, you know, sometimes you're a teenager, you have crushes on adults, it's fine. But like, alternate universe, maybe Luke and Lorelai never get together. And in fact, maybe there is some good vibes between Luke and Rory. Is this too spicy? I don't know. You tell me. So is it too spicy, the possibility this that... This Gilmore Girls multiverse? 
I don't know. What do you think? Is it possible that there is a world where instead of Lorelai, Luke ends up with Rory? What do you think? I want to say no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, if I play it out in my head, I'm still mm-hmm. going to land on no. But okay. it just doesn't track. Although I will say it's like looking around Stars Hollow, there's not a lot to feast your eyes on. So maybe Rory would have a crush on Luke. I mean, maybe. It could happen. I believe she maybe thought he was cute. I can't imagine a world where they end up together. No, they don't even seem like they, I don't even see them like palling around and talking when like, no, Lorelai's not around. Especially because Luke is just such a father figure. Like that, like that scene we talked about earlier where he barges in and he sees, and they find Logan. Yeah, we should talk about that. He's our father. It's like, guys. Yeah, he's like your dad. He's our dad. No. Very Game of Thrones. Well, and also speaking about like timeline and not knowing things about each other, like when he throws in Christopher's face that he was there when she had like ear infections and stuff as a little kid, it's like, he's known her for a long time. He watched her grow up. It's wild. And yet they didn't. St- and yet he didn't open Luke's diner until like <laughs> yeah. one year before the show started. So why he was hanging out with them makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't understand. Also, it's just fun to think about Lorelai as an adult bringing her child to a diner. It's like just stay at home, lady. Yeah. No. All right. This one comes from a new stand stand named Megan, and I think that I'm excited. Uh, this is she's got some she's got some great insight. Here we go. First of all, I stand Gilmore Girls hard. I have watched seasons one through seven every fall since the show ended in 2007. But without fail, with every watch through, the thing that really grinds my gears is the downfall of Lane's character. As an Asian Canadian teen, I was so stoked to have a character that I could relate to on a mainstream, highly popular show. When the show first started, Lane and Rory were inseparable. She was this rebellious and rebellious, but respectful um, really cool, wonderfully energetic person. Um, they ended up giving her a great love story arc with David, played by the one and only Adam Brody, and their chemistry was off the charts. But then when Brody left to do the OC, it's like the Paladinos didn't know what to do with Lane. It's like they boiled Lane down to her most basic attributes. They were like, oh, she likes music and still hung out with Zach. So let's have them be in a band together, and then get married. Oh, and because she waited to have sex until after marriage, wouldn't it be so funny if they got pregnant immediately after with twins? So then what? She just gets to be a mom in Stars Hollow while her husband gets to pursue his dreams to be a musician? What the hell? They even had her and Rory have less of a presence in each other's lives. I know that's true to life, but it's not true to either character. I'm not sure if we're talking about the revival at all, but a not so fun fact is in the entirety of the four episodes of the revival, Lane's cumulative screen time across all the episodes is less than the stupidly drawn out musical scene in episode three. So I guess after all of that, my question is, why did the Paladinos stop caring about Lane? They seem to stop caring about her character development they just put no effort into her and i just am left wondering why everything she said is true everything's true and it was just shocking to get to the end and then hear the question (laughs) because i was i was with her and then i was like oh i forgot we were i was like speak girl yes yes yeah that was a beautiful thesis i mean every it's it is one of the more painful evolutions of the show 
is what happens to Lane's character because she does start off so empowered and cool and a part of things. Yeah. I think for the original run of the show, I can almost forgive it because it is about Rory and Lorelai. There isn't a ton of real estate to continue to cut back to Stars Hollow and tell individual stories about our side characters. Sure. I will completely agree that I think it was a faulty choice, though, on behalf of Amy Sherman Palladino, who has openly said that when Adam Brody left the show, that she felt very strongly that Lane, the story they wanted to tell was Lane falling in love with someone in the band. Mm-hmm. And she said, basically, had Zach left, it would have gone to Brian. Had Brian left, it would have gone to Gil. Like, it was that was the kind of story they were yeah. trying to tell. And so it got her locked into someone who I don't necessarily think that Keiko uh, has great chemistry with. Yeah. And so that's a bit off, and they had to tell it in a different kind of way um, yeah. but to me it makes total sense that i think you would go to college build this new life and become friendly with other people i think it become yeah. makes a lot more sense to me than that paris would become a bigger part of rory's life yeah out after college um or during college now I, where i will say the problem mm-hmm. is is the revival we could yeah. have done more with lane there so and much more Amy Sherman Palladino has said that she was very disappointed to find that they had gotten Lane pregnant in season seven and yeah. that having her have children changed the direction of what she wanted to do with that character. And what I wonder is ultimately given the reveal yeah. that Rory is pregnant at the end, I am not a hundred percent sure that they wanted to spend a lot of time on a character who has children thereby forcing rory to think about kids and have us see them see but i think that's where they missed the mark though right no, I, I, I can but i do yeah. think they missed the mark i don't think it was a good choice but i think their thinking was we I don't want to have kids around a lot yeah i agree with you i think this is one of those things where like amy just was so mad about the choices that were out of her hand that she just kind of like poor lane suffered at the hands of Amy, knowing she couldn't, you know, you can't kill off the kids. The kids are there, but she just didn't want to deal with it. She also, I think, has tunnel vision. Yeah. We were barreling towards being on that gazebo hearing, yeah, mom, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm pregnant. And anything that stood in the way of being able to tell that story. She wasn't as interested in. And frankly, and, you know, the nature of, I think, television and storytelling, I love Lane. I think a lot of people do. Do I love Lane more than I love Paris? Probably not. And so if you're going to try Mm. to tell, if you're going to take real estate away from the Gilmore girls, what character is, did they, I think they fell in love with. See, but I love, I, I love them both equally. And one of my favorite episodes actually, um, is the one where they're all having boy trouble and they go to Stars Hollow and they get drunk on Miss Patty's punch. I love that. And by the way, I'm a big proponent of, I think, solving the some of the... Get rid of that musical scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all Paris, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Rory, Lane, meet up with Madeline and Louise. We're bopping yeah. around New York City and drinking. Yeah. Have a girl's night out, right? And we still have it be... If you want to do like a musical montage with a song. And, yeah, yeah. Because that's very in her wheelhouse now. They're doing that often on... um. Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Do that, do but do it with these characters with the we love. But yeah. I do I do think there was some television stuff also of just like Paris is a character we've all they they fell in love with. But here's the thing about that. 
But I love Lane. I feel like they set it up and it could have been, I would have totally bought it that Lane and Paris have their own relationship, right? They, they like, I would buy Lane and Paris tricking Rory into lunch where they're like, this actually isn't just a girl's day. We're actually having an intervention because you need to get your shit together. Right? Like I could see like, you know, there were oh, just absolutely. options and avenues. I'm and... talking more in the original series that I oh, think okay. that they, in terms of just television realistic, got 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 42 it. minutes. I think that if we're, if we're dropping into another character, that's not a Gilmore, they fell in love with yes. a while in terms of that performance. Well, and I think, I think when I watched the original show, it's really not till season six and seven that Lane gets done dirty. I think up till six, like it makes sense, like in terms of how much real estate she's getting. She actually and, like, has a fairly good storyline in season six. I think the yeah. getting engaged to Zach. No, whether or not you like Zach is right. one thing. I'm not a big Zach fan. Season seven is I and is, I think it's oof. the egregious error to have her have bad sex for the mm-hmm. first time and get pregnant. It's just mean. It's awful it's mean it's like it's gross and to your point like i like zach i don't love zach and lane together but i like the character of zach but i think and i love and i love that actor and i and i feel i feel for for them as actors and as characters because i think that there there are so many episodes where he's just one note and he doesn't have to be and that actor is like capable of not doing that but it's so clear that he was just sort of like directed in a very specific way i think he's actually pretty you know i mean he gets some wacky stuff like i like yeah. this kimono at my wedding it's oh, or whatever yeah, i it think is. he's so ta- i think he's so I mean, funny he's so funny in that he's, he's so funny, funny. In that scene i just think that they, there are moments where they're like hugging and trying to kiss and it looks forced and awkward right and i think it's partly because they wanted they never really let zach be anything but goofy well, he also went from like, like philandering, like yeah, yeah. bro, to like goofy doofus. It yeah, like, it was like all of a sudden they wanted him to be like Eric from Boy Meets World, and I was yeah. like, that's not what's it's happening. It's like this here. character who's like falling in love with Lane and is with her is not the kind of guy you think would be like getting all these women because he's no. like a doofus. It's weird. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird, but. But justice for Lane always. I but mean, justice I for her. Lane, and anyway, I've said it already, but I want to. I want a reboot where it's just about the Kims. And all right, we have one final voice memo from dear friend of the show, Kate Vatter. Uh, let's see, Kate. This will be our last. My hot Gilmore Girls take is that I've never watched a full episode of the show, and I have no interest in it, and I don't know why because it's right up my alley. Okay, so we're ending on, yeah, so I think (laughs) our last voice memo from Kate is, uh, I guess, if you got through this whole episode, and you've never seen an episode of Gilmore Girls, why should... I hope she didn't listen to all this. (laughs) Quite a few spoilers. Yeah, there's quite a few spoilers. So for anyone that for whatever reason listened to this episode having never seen Gilmore, what would your pitch be to them to actually go back and watch now? I am... I think you should go back and watch Gilmore Girls because there are two individuals with busy lives who just spent two hours and three minutes <laughs> talking about this show from 20 years ago. It's true. No, it's, um, to me, it is a perfect comfort binge show in terms of the cotton candy of Stars Hollow that also has such reality and depth underneath of it. Um, you'll laugh, you will cry if you're paying attention, and you'll also find small moments that reverberate throughout the series or that connect back to the very beginning in ways that I think are so beautiful in 
in both the macro and micro level. It's a show that I think um, doesn't get the credit it deserves. It is Mm -hmm. incredibly smart and funny and dramatic and but and frustrating in the way that life can be it's to me it's a perfect show and it's the closest show that i think gets to um reading a book oh i love that yeah to your point about the fact that how long this episode is but it's like i love that it is a show that inspires such strong opinions like Honestly, we have so many more voice memos than I was able to share today. And there were so many people who sent in thoughts and ideas in our DMs. Like, we could, we're going to have, I mean, we'll probably have to do a follow up episode. I mean, I have a whole podcast about Sex in the City. And I'll tell you what I could not talk about for as long is (laughs) Big versus Aiden. Yeah. Could you get me going on my man, Jess? That's a thing. All day. I can't think of another show that has so many characters that have that create so many like strong opinions. And let's be clear, we didn't even hit on some of the top. I mean, let's talk about Babette. Let's talk about Maury. Let's talk about Gypsy. Let's talk about Andrew. Caesar. Oh, Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, Mm. like um, little moment. Mm -hmm. Megan Hunt is one of the bridesmaids that logan slept with and i was watching the episode when i saw megan hunt i thought this is the beginning of the end (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing too like you said like part of what makes this show so beloved is that it is so imperfect like you can argue about it because like they created characters that are flawed and they're not always good people and they don't always do good things and like and so we can sit here and debate like so many people slid into our dms with so many hot takes about the life and death brigade which was the secret society we've been talking for two plus hours and i haven't even mentioned my favorite character emily gilmore (laughs) <laughs> the finest character of all time. The greatest character of all time. I'm and kidding. Who... That's Christina Yang. But but Emily Gilmore is Emily Gilmore's know... top ten for me in terms of fictional characters. She's a, oh, of a love of my life. Well, to me, the be- anytime and a couple people slid into our DMs and we're coming for a year in the life. And the thing that I always say to them is, I go to me a year in the life. You will n- you will not hear me talk smack about it because for me it is the completion of Emily's incredible character arc. Like, forget Gilmore Girls plural. To me, it is Gilmore Girl. Like where Emily starts and where she ends on the journey from the first episode to the final part of that is in it's fascinating and incredible. And what and Kelly beautiful like that is beautiful the, when she walks out with that lantern and is sitting mm-hmm. looking at the water. It's oh. incredibly moving. The fact that this woman who you know has represented like wealth and aristocracy and mm-hmm. coldness yeah has found her maternal self finally and and is not only taken in this family but is taking care of them yeah and has repaired her relationship with lorelei by understanding boundaries for herself and her daughter to say look fuck friday night dinners we will see each other for two weeks at christmas that's it's great that's what we can do i need to have this home that i've that i built and is for myself Mm -hmm. and it's like truly stunningly beautiful the wedding lorelei and luke's you know, wedding to see that with Kirk when he gets the text that's from Lorelai that says it's perfect. I I genuinely didn't even know people disliked A Year in the Life. That's how much I love it. To me, it is a perfect idea why we reboot things. Yes! We also had an essential reason to because of the devilry that is season seven and David S. Rosenthal, who 
much like Krista Vernoff, will be taken in front of the Supreme Court one day when uh, I figure out how to. to sue people for creative decisions. I don't <laughs> like, know that it's possible yet. But it will be. It must be because the harm that that season has caused all of us like we it felt like, it, tra- it felt like trauma healing i feel like a gilmore girls mm-hmm. a year in the life is restorative justice and i don't know if anyone agrees with that <laughs> statement or if it even makes sense but it was like but like and the things that i don't like about a year in the life are products of things they simply could not undo from damage done in season seven and also because season seven is such a mess they ignore the few good things that did happen because they just don't want to touch it and it's hard well, we'll argue about that in part two of this podcast, <laughs> the good things in season seven, because I can't name nary one. Other, th- well, uh, I some, there are some good ideas. There's not good ideas. I don't think anything gets executed well. And I will say this, I will never forgive the writer's room of season seven, because if you are going to dare to get Christopher and Lorelai together, then they have to be endgame. And the bullshit that they did kind of getting them together and then destroying that was so gross you have you can't have it both them ways to paris but not even having the balls to just pay to to pay to send them to <laughs> yeah. paris so they're on the fucking they're in, still in stars hollow they're in with stars the hollow. fucking <laughs> eiffel tower behind it's them absolutely bad it looked like my high school production of an american in paris <laughs> it was embarrassing and rude and listen chris is uh, we can sit here and argue about chris all day every day but if she's gonna put Maybe. if he's gonna mm-hmm, yeah yeah, literally. <laughs> I forgot I what we're doing. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore because I'm just so amped up thinking about the fact that if you go down that path, you they gotta go down to that path, it, or they needed to take it really seriously. Yes. And it felt like we were just biding time. There was no yeah. point. Wa- there was no point in watching their relationship in Mm-mm. season seven that I actually thought, oh, she might not end up with Luke. It felt yeah. like okay, we're just doing this to. To create artificial drama, which that's one thing I will say about Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls. It almost never, with the exception of season, season seven, seven, feels like artificial drama. Yep. Yep. Every single thing, to me, even, by the way, him at Luke having a secret daughter from a yeah. woman we never met, to me, makes it ties so much back to his relationship with mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah. This woman that popped in and we, it was like, who is she? Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think... It just could have been Rachel. I don't know yeah. why they needed to create Anna Nardini. Yeah. Other than maybe that actress didn't want to come back. This is the beautiful thing about Gilmore Girls. So to anyone who listened to this and hasn't watched, I think that's it. That's the reason to watch. Get into it. Because these arguments and these conversations, there's no end in sight. They're ongoing. If you don't think we're going to be arguing about Logan versus Jess, (laughs) we haven't even gotten into, you know... Honestly, we didn't even drop into being Team Christopher versus Luke, which I I think we both are. Yeah! Luckily, we agree, but the internet will fucking come for you every time I post about Christopher. I mean, people are passionate about this show, mm-hmm. and I love the characters on Gilmore Girls. Like I, honestly, I was gonna say like I love people in my life, but I think I might love some of them. Love more. them more, yeah. Well, and this was always the show. Like this was the show for me. I started watching it in high school. My mom watched it when I went to college. It was, it was the show that like as my life was changing. The one constant was that my mom and I were both still watching it and I would call my mom and we would talk about it. And this was something that we could talk about even when we had nothing else that was a shared it's experience. A, you know? It is a great show to share with people. I'll be hosting a Gilmore Girls brunch soon. It's oh like, my God, oh, yeah. You oh. can really get into stuff about this yeah. show. I mean, it's it's very moving. I don't, it's my favorite show of all time. 
I love it too. And I'm Chris, thank you so much for stepping in and substituting today. It has been such a delight to have you. Uh, and thank you. It's been wonderful. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of people that have beef with things. And there's like a hundred well, more people questions. People are going to fucking come for me. I, well, they're going to come. Uh, people, the way I get trolled about my love for Logan and my. Actually, I think most people are going to be like, no, we agree with you, Chris. In this yeah. one case, it, this is not like on my podcast when yeah. I'm sticking up for Alexander Petrotsky. I think I'm on the right side of history here. Yeah, I'm the one that's wrong. I. I understand. No, no, not wrong. Um, Everyone can have their opinions. Listen, it's just some opinions I, are wrong. It's no, extreme I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Listen, I understand that Life and Death Brigade and Logan are gross ornamentations of class and white privilege. And I get I get why and a lot look, of people you are... say you like that. And as I said earlier, <laughs> you are a rampant capitalist. It's okay. The rest of us are just trying to break that system, you know? I understand it's problematic, but I... I I don't know. I don't know. I'm a I have a <laughs> lot more unlearning to do, a lot more therapy to go into. But, but you know, sometimes we can't take our therapy and our lessons to certain spaces. It's like you gotta love Logan. That's for you, you know. I will always be something about my teenage self will just always be apologizing for Logan. And kind of like if Joshua Jackson murdered someone, you know, you and I would be like, well, well, they had it coming. I don't look. <laughs> In this house, I will defend him. <laughs> There's literally nothing I can do about that. <laughs> There's literally nothing. Um, well, Chris, we are everyone on this that listens to this podcast already loves you. But if they aren't already following the Shortcomings podcast, absolutely they should. But is there anything else uh, coming up for you that people need to know about? No, just shortcomings. Every <laughs> week on Wednesday, we are chatting through season two of Sex and City. It's getting good. We're in the thick of it. I've I've really been enjoying uh, shortcomings this season. Sometimes I forget you can't hear me and I talk back. <laughs> it's an unhinged podcast. Next week's episode is not well. So <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the theme going around. Uh, well, folks, if there was something we missed out on on this episode, let us know. Is do we need to do a second Gilmore Girls episode? Is there something else you want us to get into? Um, Professor Bits a guy will be back soon and. Uh, until then, follow us on socials at We Stand Social across all your social media platforms and be on the lookout for uh, some exciting announcements coming soon. Until the later, Stan Stands. Bye. Bye.